This is the I Am a Mainframer podcast, brought to you by the Linux Foundation's Open Mainframe Project. Episodes explore the careers of mainframe professionals and offer insights into the industry and technology. Now your host, Senior Analyst and Vice President of Sales and Business Development at Futurum Research, Stephen Dickens. Hello and welcome to the I'm a Mainframer podcast. I'm joined today by Jose Castano. Hi, Great Stephen. to be in person. Great to hear, right? Back to not doing this down the no. Zoom. And here we are at Share. I know. Wow. Great. Good to be in the sunshine. Nice to come down from Rhinebeck, New York and actually have some sun. So I'm, it's great to be And here. I was in a room yesterday. It was full of people. Think about it, right? It's, and it's a different vibe. It is. It really is a different vibe. Just going on the show floor here, chatting to people. Everybody's really excited to be back. Yeah. And I, actually, I'm funnier in person than I am on Zoom so, or WebEx. So it, well, we'll it, see. It, it's more natural. We're going to see down the camera. <laughs> so concept of the show, I'm a mainframer. We'd like to go and speak to some of the execs, get understand kind of where their career move forward. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about what you do for IBM. Sure. So right now, I'm responsible for worldwide mainframe sales. And that includes also a very important part of our sales, which is Linux One. It's a very important part of our portfolio. And I have responsibility for sales in every market, every geo, every country that you could think of, right, that we're in. Fantastic. So, as I say, we'd like to get a view of your career. We've known each other for years now, so I know this, but for our listeners and the viewers, give us a view of kind of where you started. I know you've been at IBM a long time, but just give us a view of that sort of career arc. Well, the only part I remember of my career is when you started, Stephen, so I gotta, I gotta really back up. Down, I, gotta, I, gotta really, I gotta really back up from there. Yeah, so I started uh, back in, in uh, as an intern at IBM. I was doing, I, was, I remember, I was refurbishing returned PCs from Japan. I still remember that. I was working at the uh, world headquarters. And then from there. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that's where you started. That was fun, taking apart PCs and scavenging the memory and stuff like that. So that's where I started, right? And then I quickly went into, uh, into development. So I was actually an, an NVS programmer. Uh, for about 15 years. I was in the guts of uh, what we call back then NVS, which you know as ZOS, right? Mm -hmm. So I did, uh, I worked on Sysplex uh, code, I worked on tape code, I worked on uh, APPC, for those of you that remember APPC, I worked on that as well, LU 6.2, and that was good. That was really gave me a nice technical base. And then from there, I went into uh, pre-sales. Right, technical support, and I went into uh, Parallel Sysplex, what we used to call it uh, the Parallel Sysplex Center, mm -hmm. and what we were there is helping clients deploy, implement Parallel Sysplex. And that's where I really got around it, because that's where I started to get exposure to the whole system, the whole Z system. And that's, you know, DB2 and Kix and MQ and IMS and all the products around it. So that's where I really became I went from being an OS hardware guy to being really a systems guy, right? A systems person focusing on the whole solution stack. And that's, that's, where, and that, that, that's a key. That's really a key in terms of uh, my success, which is like, I, look at, I look at the whole system as a solution and not as a piece of hardware, a piece of software, right? And then from there, you know, I, I, it was a natural, uh, actually I went back a little bit. I worked on strategy and architecture for three or four years. Mm -hmm. 
And then uh, Ray Jones, who was the VP of Z Software for a while, right? He came on and he, and he, was, look, he was looking for a technical seller, a leader. And I was just in the right place at the right time. I said, Ray, you know my background, you know me, I know the whole stack, um, consider me. So he hired me as a director for um, Z Systems uh, software technical sales worldwide. And from there, then my current job popped up as well. So I think you've pretty got well, interesting, pretty well rounded. I th yeah, and I was going to say that the thing that comes, I've known you for years, but that's the thing that I think you bring as a perspective to your role that's different to maybe some of the other people in the organization. You've, you've been through product management, you've been through development, you've seen all parts of the stack, whether that's hardware, whether that's software, whether that's pre-sales, whether that's development, you've seen all of that and you bring that perspective to what you do. And, and so maybe leading to a question, what do you think that gives you as a unique perspective? Yeah, so you know, one of the things right from the beginning, right, and this is something, advice that I give to everyone is basically, you know, you, you, you can be narrow in the, in, the, in the beginning of your career, right? And this seems like obvious, but it's not obvious, which is I, I've been in Z for 30 years, mm -hmm. 30 plus years. I won't say how many years, right? <laughs> and people always ask me, like, you've been in one place for like 30 years? It's like, isn't that boring, right? Isn't that, isn't that career limiting? Mm -hmm. But I've done everything, pretty much everything that there is to do in Z. Like you said, product management, architecture, strategy, right? tech sales, sales. The only thing I haven't done, because I don't have that, uh, that vision that you do sometimes, which is the, the marketing part, right? Yeah. Trying to visualize something, right? But that's the only piece. Um, and that, to me, is really fulfilling. Look, I'm a, I'm a mainframer. Mm -hmm. The reason, you know, I have to love my job to be in my job, and mainframe is my passion, right? I think it's fundamental to the world's economy. And I've always said that. It's not something in, that I've said only in my current job. And so I've been able to stay in one place in my passion, but I've done everything that there is to do. And there's more to do. Don't, don't, I'm, not stop I'm not stopping here, don't get me wrong. That's key, right? And, that, and that's my differentiator, which is, as you said, when somebody comes to me, when product management comes to me today and talks to me, I was a product manager. So you understand that. I, I understand what the pressures are, I understand where the gaps are, and I can talk to that, right? And I can put it in my terms and in their terms. And that bridge is really, really helpful in terms of uh, communication. We get a lot of younger listeners and younger viewers of the show, and I think that's a really key point, that you can go deep and build a career on one technology. As I say, you've, you've managed to build a 30-plus year. I won't quiz you on how many <laughs> years it is. I'll let you off with that one. But you've been able to build that career over those multiple pieces, and I think that's great career advice, definitely, for some of the people who listen to the show. So what would you be saying? You've got the opportunity, you've got the time machine, you can go back to that 22-year-old Jose finishing college. What would that advice be? Where would you be sort of directing them? Yeah, so my, look, there's a few things I would change if I had to go back, right? You wouldn't hire me twice. Right, I wouldn't hire you twice. <laughs> <laughs> you got let's gray not, hair. Let's not talk about once, okay? <laughs> we won't go there. But it, it's really, I'm happy, I mean... I had sort of a vision right from the beginning that I wanted to broaden right within the brand because I was phenomenally passionate about it. Mm -hmm. But what I, you know, advice, what I would have done differently, right? One of the things that I tell even my son, right, who's actually uh, a professional with, uh, with uh, Salesforce.com, mm -hmm. right, is basically network, right? Build your network. Mm 
That's fundamental in today's world more than it was even mine, mm -hmm. right? You know, when I, when I hired into IBM, it was like, you know, job for life, right? And the network wasn't as critical as it is today, right? And it's not about job for life also, it's about network within the company, because that actually makes decisions and influence a lot easier, right? When I call on somebody that I know, and I, and I just did this weekend, I had a customer situation, I called uh, one of the leaders in North America, and I said, hey, I got the situation, I need your help. He knows me, he knows about me, it was easy. Because mm -hmm. you've got that connection. He, he knows, he's got that, con he, I got that connection, he'll know who I am, yeah. and he knows what I'm about. I'm not gonna waste his time. I'm not gonna call him, right, on, on a, a weekend, weekend. On a weekend, right? Yeah. So network internally is so key. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us don't spend enough time doing that, right? The, if you look at the most successful executives, they do that, right? They reach out. It's not only their small sphere. And you can sphere. do that at every level, I'm assuming. You don't have to be an executive. Absolutely. To, you could be doing that as a first-stage hire. You could be doing that as a mid-career professional. You could be doing that yeah, as a senior leader. Absolutely. So I was slow to do that, right? Because it's just history and the way that I came into the company and so forth. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would accelerate that, right? Uh, the, Externally, right? I mean, one of the things you taught me, Stephen, and I appreciate that, is social presence, right? That's one thing. We're all busy in our jobs. I mean, we're, you know, we're connected 24 by 7, right? And trying to take that, you know, that 10 minutes here and 10 minutes there. I remember you one time you telling me, Jose, all you need is like 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon, right? That social presence is really key. I mean, when I go talk to a CIO or CTO, they're most likely, might, most likely looking at me up on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Most likely. Right? They're going to say, what's this guy about? What's he bringing? What's the value? Right? And if you don't have that social presence, that's a strike against you going into the, right? You're and already it, one step back before you've started yeah. the meeting. So it's, it's really, the, so the social presence is about eminence. It's about being respected in a certain field, right? And it's also about reach as well. Because influence doesn't only go internally, but especially in a sales position, having that influence also externally, of course, helps uh, progress deals, right? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's one of the fundamentals that I, I would accelerate, accelerate. So we're, we're recording this at a weird time. I know April 5th is coming around. I can't have you. What is April 5th? It's, it's oh. apparently some interesting day when something gets launched. But don't know when this is going to broadcast, but it's an awkward time. But what I can ask you about is Tellem. Right. So tell us a little bit about Tellem. You announced that at Hot Chips last year, it's the new processor in what I think is probably going to be the next mainframe. I can draw that line. I think we said it in the press I, release. I think, you I think said we it. did it. I think you said it's it. It's going to yeah. be the processor in the next uh, in the system coming uh, up. And can we say what it is yet? In the can first we? half. <laughs> We're quite not there yet, right? So I'll let you. I'll but, let you just you know, talk about Tellum. But you know, basically, look, uh, Dr. Christian Jacopi did a marvelous job at Hot Chips. We got a lot of attention, a lot of social hits, and so forth on that, right? And he, what he talked about is really the, you know, what we're, what we're coming out with, with with the IBM Z16. Mm -hmm. You're going to start to see us use Z16 more often. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, on April 5th, we have the IBM Z16 day. Yep. That's what we're calling it. Yep. So you're going to start to us to be more external about Z16. So I'm not going to be shy about saying IBM Z16. That's our, that's our Z next, okay? Um, and the Telem really has some really innovative capabilities. Like the cash structure is very unique to really, you know, we, we drive 10% performance gain generation to generation. It's not, it's not all about clock speed. Our clock speed is the same, or going to be the same, I think, right? So well, basically- You can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> yeah, that. I can, yeah, I think, <laughs> right? But, it, but we, somehow we still manage to get 10% improvement, right? Or work, I think. And so the question is, 
How do we do that? It's about the packaging, right? And our cash structure is so critical. Minimizing latency between communications within the process or outside the process to I.O., to memory, and so forth is key. So one of the innovative qualities that Dr. Christian Jacopi talked about is really our cash structure and how we've really flattened that and optimized it, right? And that's part of the design point in terms of driving more, more capabilities, more capacity, more speed. Well, one of the things he talked about, which really excites me, is the whole you know, integrated uh, AI accelerator, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Telum comes in, and it's unique. It's first in industry. I mean, everyone does PCI uh, attached acceleration, mm -hmm. right? Um, we're doing it right on the chip. Again, what does that mean? Latency, Stephen, right? Because if I talk, you know, I just talked to you about latency. How do we drive speed, right? Not through frequency. How do we drive it elsewhere? It's about speed. It's about reducing latency. And so that complete system level, rather than just focusing on lower parts, it's the holistic view from the entire box. Where our differentiation is, right, on it, from a, a Z systems point of view, is really at the system level. Bringing all those packages together, bringing all the subsystems together in a way that's holistic, but optimized. And since we have control of all the components, we can optimize as much as, as, as we need to, as, as we can and physically able to. Well, I think this leads on to my final question. I, always but I haven't finished answering your, your Telem question. Go, I knew that you'd have more to say. Right? But if you look at Telem and the AI Accelerator, right, uh, why is that so fundamental to Z Systems, to IBM Z16, and to our customer set? Our customers are doing mission-critical transactions day in and day out. They're doing payments. They're doing credit card processing. They're doing deposits. They're doing, you, you could think about it, doing customer scoring, right? Mm -hmm. That's very related and very close to the transaction. Today, what many of our customers are doing because of the technology limitations, they're, they're, tech, they're offloading that capability to another platform. Mm -hmm. That usually works, right? I mean, we've been in the client server and you know, the x86 world for a long time distributed. That's a great model. But when you have a transaction that's tightly linked to a fraud check, do you want to take 30 to 60 milliseconds to actually get an answer back? Do it at the point of impact is your point. Do it at the point of impact, all right? So what many of our customers are doing is they're going asynchronously to x86. They're doing the, 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 the score there, right? The uh, AI model score there, they're coming back. A lot of times those, those uh, that point to point times out. So they're not doing 100% check, right? They can't. Because they can't, they can't. They can't so they, they check all of them because of that round trip they, latency. They sample. So with the ability that Telem promises, which is basically that latency removal on platform, potentially we can score 100% of the transactions. And as I say, this leads on maybe onto my final question. I think what you're saying isn't just a Telem statement, it's a looking ahead statement. So if you can share with the listeners, where do you see that kind of three to five year vision? Where do you see the platform going? Because obviously we're at a point now where we're recording this a few weeks away from the, the next box. But I know you've had strategy roles in the past. Where do you see a vision for the platform? So if you look, let's take a look back before I look forward, right? The strength of the IBM Z15 has been phenomenal, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's one of the most successful programs to date. And we've sold more capacity with a Z15 than any program to date. Mm -hmm. Why is that, right? It's, it's about the digital economy. It's about digital transformation, right? And one thing that I kind of, I, I want to set the stage on, we've been part of the digital economy for years. Mm -hmm. So, and, and what does that mean? It means that we've also been transitioning with the hybrid cloud because as companies and enterprises are transitioning to hybrid cloud, 
They're bringing Z alum, right, through things like, you know, the old stuff like uh, we talked about a little while ago, ZOS Connect or DB2 Connect, or, you know, you can pick your favorite ones. So we've been part of that, right? We used to call it eBiz, you know, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. The, the thing that we need to do and where, you know, where we need to accelerate, and this is where the next three to five years is about, is we need to make mainframe shops more agile, right? The whole thing about accessibility to assets, we've always had that. The nice thing about ZOS Connect, just to be more specific, it's really about standardization, right? Standardization, right? DB2 Connect was proprietary. Uh, RESTful APIs, right? JSON payloads. But the thing that we are slow in and we need to help our clients accelerate is agility. Right? And that's one of the things, you know, I, I just... Uh, I read, I read a transcript, an earnest transcript from JPMC, right? And Jamie Dimon was talking about his cloud movement and he, he recognized this, right? From what I saw in the transcript, you can go read it, it's public, mm -hmm. right? That basically that mainframe will be a core going forward, what kind of core it will be. But one of the things he said that kind of stuck to my mind is mainframe slow to respond, right? Mainframe slow to respond. And, and we have the technology, we have the products. Can we improve them? Sure, but we have the technology to really drive agility, to really drive continuous integration, continuous development, DevSecOps, DevOps, whatever acronym you want to use on the platform. So how do we get our, you know, how do we get that persona or that perception that the Z is non-responsive? Because in a, in a digital world, you have, to be, you have to be agile. Maybe not at the same speed as x86, because typically that's a system of engagement type of, you know, so th there's a lot more latitude there. Typically, they're stateless, so you can do it, take a lot more uh, risk there. But even in the mainframe world, we need to become more agile. We need to become more responsive. If we're not meet, meeting the requirements, we will become, you know, we'll be relegated to the corner. And that's, that's, that's where we're going. Jose, that's a fantastic summary. I can't think of a better way to finish. Thank you so much for coming and joining us on the show. And we'll see you next time. All right, Stephen, thanks very much. Thank you for tuning in to I Am A Mainframer. Liked what you heard? Subscribe to get every episode or watch us online at openmainframeproject.org. Until next time, this is the I Am A Mainframer podcast. Insights for today's mainframe professionals.